0: I will lose weight, I will lose weight, I will lose weight. I did read something about um, New Year's resolution, that the 2020 resolution should be um, a resolution that we look at making the promise that we're now going to fulfill the resolution from 2019 that was carried over from 2018 that we'd promised to do in 2017 that we planned in 2016, so something like that. So that's pretty much <laughs> runs true uh, with me. We need to pray um, just for the, the fires at the moment and, and stuff that's happening around the country. And I just thought um, that I would get a couple of the family to pray out loud as we were praying this morning as a worship team and pardon the pun but the scripture does very clearly say that he gives us beauty for ashes yeah he works all things together for good yeah and so I couldn't imagine what it would be like to have fire at at, at my side door back door front door I, I can't imagine what it would be like to lose a loved one in that or to lose a property I do know this that, and I only read this uh, this morning as I was just having a coffee at home, that after the 9-11 um, you know, terrorist attacks and the buildings, the Twin Towers came down, they actually say that the churches in America for the next two Sundays were inundated and full because people turned to seek God in and amongst their trouble. What we need to pray for Yes, is the peace, and we need to continue to pray for rain, but this is the a perfect opportunity for people to seek God in their brokenness and pain. There's nothing more important than your salvation. There is nothing more important than having a relationship with God. It's more important than property. It's more important than friends. It's more important than jobs. It's more important than the life that we live here, as fun as it is, because an eternity absent from God is a terrible eternity to live out yeah so let's believe that god can work all things together for good so just two or three people in the church can i ask you to pray out loud so that we can amen with you can we can yes with you is that all right everybody said he's our wonderful counselor it sounds really loud up here steven so if you could fix that or adjust that that would be wonderful thank you he's our mighty god he's our everlasting father he's our prince of peace and that's what we want people to discover in this time yeah it's so easy um and i i i totally understand this that in a in a moment like this we can be really self-focused and we're trying to pursue you know Um, preserve our own lives and livelihood but I know that in focusing on God that there's an answer in that that surpasses our understanding and so we need to pray for those things yeah and pray for those things because in it it's really interesting the Bible doesn't say in the good times the joy of the Lord will be your strength it's just full stop the joy of the Lord will be your strength and so we need to be able to find strength in moments of weakness yeah anyway let's just pray Father have your way today speak to us Get us home on time, look after our loved ones, look after those uh, that are unwell, we do pray for the fires again god and and uh, in the midst in amongst that prayer, if you know of ways that you can help please maybe post something on our facebook page i know jemima has already done that so thank you uh, father we just think of those that do need our help uh, in the days to come and counseling we pray god that we can truly be your hands and your feet extended uh, for this morning god speak to us and inspire us that we might grow and be formed and shaped and molded and pruned and cut more and more into the image of your son jesus with ever increasing glory and everyone said Amen. I love what Roz mentioned, you know, in relation to the communion and also uh, the the message last week. The things that were talked about, uh, you know, Mel talked about this hope that we have because, I guess, if we go back another week, Christmas because of the gift that we've received, you know. And I, I remember on. Um, Christmas Eve when I spoke I was talking about Joseph how Joseph welcomed Jesus into the world and for you and I looking into the new year there's a reality in what he did for us that we need to welcome Jesus into our world and by that I mean every nook and every cranny every part of us yeah we need to be able to invite him into our lives what we're thinking what we're going through what we're going to experience we need to be able to invite Jesus into that space you know every passing moment that we live, it's really important that we do that. And this morning I want to look a little bit at that because there's a man named Joshua who was a mighty warrior. Like he was, he was afraid of nothing. Like nothing, he wasn't afraid of wild animals. He wasn't afraid of Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. He wasn't afraid of Mario Milano. Those that are older. He wasn't afraid of anything. You know, he wasn't a, afraid a, of Palestinian. He just wasn't afraid. You know. Yet God did something in him when he allowed him into his world that changed him forever. And so I'm going to read a a couple of passages of scripture uh, from Joshua, and I'm going to start at Joshua 5, verses 13 to 15. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as a commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did so. I, I'm going to keep reading from chapter 6 in a minute. I I really like that, that he, you know, take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy. There are just some times in our lives, I just want to make a point as a side note, where God is so close that we... Ha- that there is there is no other response but to be reverent, and there are just some moments where I can guarantee you Holy Spirit will speak to your heart. And you just need, you almost feel like you need to take off your shoes in that place that you're at. When you've got a hunger for God, you can sometimes be led into a place. Grace last week at church said, I had this sense of reverence where I I took off my shoes. There are moments where God comes so close. When you're aware of that, don't think it weird or strange that you have a thought. You know, if you're feeling like the commander of the Lord's army is saying to you, take off your sandals because this is holy ground, just do it. Just go, go with the flow, yeah? Chapter 6, verse 1. Now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I've delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast of the trumpets, have all the people give a loud, loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up, every man straight in. Then I'm jumping to verse 20 of chapter 6 of Joshua. When the trumpets sounded, the people shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the people gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So every man charged straight in and they took the city. They devoted the city to the Lord and destroyed with a sword every living thing in it, men and women, young and old, cattle, sheep and donkeys. I love that passage but not because of that gory bit at the end. You know, like, I don't mind a good movie but I don't think I just really want to see that part there. But I love that passage because of the victory that the Israelites had you know you've got Jericho who had, and Jericho has this massive wall it's it's a it really is as far as man's concerned an impenetrable wall it's a huge huge wall that stands between the Israelites and the promise of God for them this impenetrable wall when you read it if you know anything about the promises of God for them they weren't going to get To the promises that God had promised them, unless they went through Jericho, this massive, hugely walled city. Yeah. You know, before they could go deeper, you know, into the land of Canaan, which was their promised land, Jericho had to fall first. Before they could reach the promise of God, they had to get past Jericho. And so here we are at the beginning of the year, the new year, 2020. And I just want to suggest that. I actually think that many of us have a huge walled Jericho in our lives that are stopping us from getting to the promises of God, promises that he's given us in our lives. And we may spell Jericho different, but the word, the word means the same thing. Cancer, depression, anxiety, self-loathing, anger, yeah, addiction, Finance, bitterness. Now that city represents the very things that are sometimes so deeply rooted in our lives that prevent us getting and going all that God has for us. And he has so much for us. That's the brilliance of our God. Sad part is that we, I think, I think, my personal opinion, we all have these walled cities. We all have these hugely massive walls that are preventing us reaching the promises of God regardless of who we think we may be yeah, or how long we've been believers for there are things in our life that hinder our work, walk with God sometimes it's something from the past that we just have never got past yeah. now whatever it is, it's huge It's a stronghold in our life that stands between us and the best that God has for us now and into the new year. It's just its so true. Before we we will ever receive all that God has for us in 2020, that stronghold, whatever it is in our life, has to come down. And only you and I know what that is. So here's Joshua and he's standing in front of his stronghold, a wall. A walled city. I reckon he would have been full of despair. You know, you've got God's promise. You know you're heading to Canaan and there's this city, this impenetrable city. If I was him, I would have been a little bit upset, you know. How are we going to get past this? It's not like they had, you know, Rambo-type bazooka guns that they could just shoot and explode stuff, you know. It wasn't like that for them. And yet here in this place, in front of this walled city... He has an encounter, yeah, with the commander of the armies of the Lord. I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest today that he actually he had an encounter with Jesus. He had an encounter with Jesus, the man almost, because the commander of the Lord's army is actually a, it's, it's a Christophany or Christophany, depending on how you want to pronounce it. It's a picture of Jesus. It's a picture of Christ. And he has this encounter with the commander of the Lord's army, Jesus. He has an encounter with Jesus, a face-to-face with Jesus right there where he's at, in front of this wall, in his despair. Yeah, He has this encounter and, and, and for you and I, where we're at right now, whatever it is, whatever that wall is that's stopping us reaching the promises, promises of God for us for this year, whether it was a promise you got in the last five minutes or whether you got it 15 years ago or 20 years ago, whatever it is that's stopping us reaching that promise, we need an encounter with Jesus right there, right in that place, right in front of that wall. Sometimes it's remembering that he's our wonderful counsellor, our mighty God, our everlasting father, our prince of peace. Thank God for Joseph that he named him Jesus. You know, we all need a fresh and first-hand encounter with Jesus. We we can't live on yesterday's manner. We can't live on yesterday's revelation. We need to have fresh encounters with Jesus every day. We need to have fresh encounters with Jesus every day. I said yes and amen to what Stephen was saying during the offering because he's saying if you want that double portion, if you want that, you need to go after that. If you want more of God, you've got to go after it. If you're not satisfied with your relationship with Jesus, don't blame him. It's not him. I guarantee you, he's not the one at fault here. And here's Joshua, and he has this fresh encounter with Jesus, and it changes his heart, totally changes his heart. Because when he realizes who it actually is that Scripture is saying, he's standing in front of him, the next passage of Scripture says, then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence. It was like, man, I know who you are. Bang. Just falls in reverence falls in worship. Joshua's encounter with the Lord causes him to bow down. I love that. To bow the knee. We're in a society, we live in, a, in, in our particular you know, democracy and, and our first, first world problems. We don't want to bow the knee to anyone. Don't tell me what to do. Just go to schools. Teachers are afraid to tell kids what to do because they might get in trouble. But at the There's something about Jesus, yes, his love, but it causes a reverence. When you're in the presence of the king of kings, you can't help but fall and bow. Joshua has this encounter and he bows. I love that. He encounters Jesus and he starts to worship. His first response is worship. He's Joshua. He was Moses' man. He's a mighty warrior. He's got a sword everywhere he goes. He sees a man standing in front of him with a sword. He doesn't pull out his sword. He goes, who are you? It was like he already knew. So here's this man who's built for battle, built for war. Yet in this encounter, everything changes. Joshua goes from being a mighty warrior to being a worshipper. Like, just like that. In one encounter, one moment, one word from God, he goes from being a warrior and a fighter. yeah, Fighting for everything to win the battle to being a worshipper. I love that because one of Israel's greatest ever warriors in that moment, learns a new way to fight. He learns this brand new way to fight so that they can enter their new year, so that they can enter their promised land. He's now a worshipper of our almighty God. You know, our desire to worship, you have to hear this. In fact, I want every church, I want every Christian to hear this. Put this on social media, twitter it if you like. Put someone famous, famous name underneath it, even though it's just me. But our desire to worship really says a lot about our relationship with God. Yeah? Because if we have no desire to worship him, you know, this year. Uh, Are we going to be a people that will fall in worship when we have an encounter with Jesus? Are we going to bow before Him? You know, we all need a fresh encounter, so we all remember that He's the Lord of our life. Yeah, that's why we worship. That's why we sing. You know, so. I I always refer to my trip to the US but so many people say that churches they sing too long they worship too long the music's too loud they've got drums now it's not as reverent as it used to be they don't have the pipe organs you know they stand too long I understand that I'm pushing 50 one day I'm going to be pushing 80 I'm probably going to be the person saying man I'm standing too long you know But there's a reason that we do it. See, our worship time is not for us. It's not for me. It's not for you, sorry. It's actually all for him. And when you think that you're standing too long or worshipping too long or singing too loud, he's only just started to get into it. It's always and always and only ever for him. It's never for us. And he likes it when we stand and he likes it when we raise our hands and he likes it when you sing loud and he likes it when you clap. He doesn't like it if you play a tambourine. No, I don't. I'm just throwing that in there. I don't know. But he likes that stuff. First Timothy 2.8, therefore I want men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. Psalm 47.1, come everyone, clap your hands, shout to God with joyful praise. He likes it. It's not about what you like, it's all about him, just putting it out there. So Joshua becomes this worshipper. After one conversation with the commander of God's armies, he meets him and Joshua asks him a question. He says, are you for us or are you for our enemies? Notice the question doesn't get answered. I'm going to try that with my wife. Next time she asks me a question, I'm going to give her an answer that has nothing to do with the question that she asked. I'm, I'm just going to see if it works. Because he doesn't answer the question. He actually tells him who he is. He goes, are you for us or are you for our enemy? And the Lord goes, "The Lord says, I'm the captain of the army of the Lord. Really? There's your answer. That's not what I asked. What he's saying is, when he says, I'm the captain of the armies of the Lord, he's saying this, I'm the victorious one. I'm the one that's never lost a battle. I'm the one that's never lost a fight. I'm the one that's here to win. I do not lose. I never lose. I always win. Now, choose. Will you surrender to me? Will you follow me? I'm the commander of the armies of the Lord. That's what he's saying. He's actually, that title, yeah, actually says this whole bunch of other stuff. It's like saying, I am the man. That's right, you're looking at him, I'm the man, and I've never lost, I always win. What will you do now? So he's reminding Joshua who's fighting the battle, who's really fighting the battle, who really it is that's promised him to get into, into Canaan, who's really made the, the promise about, are you going to be able to get through Jericho, this walled stronghold? You know, there's a really old worship song that I've sung here from the pulpit really badly before, but, you know, the battle is won by lifting Jesus higher. battle It's always about Jesus. It's never about us. The battle is never about us. The battle is always about who's fighting the battle, and that determines whether we understand he's our wonderful counsellor, our prince of peace. Yeah. Sometimes we just need to remember who's fighting our battles. And you and I, we're really fortunate. We have someone that will fight for us, Whatever you're going through right now, it's not your fight. You've got to hear this. It's not your fight. It's, stop it. It's not your fight. It's his. It's his. There's someone bigger and better that will fight on your behalf. And Joseph, yeah, a couple of weeks ago named him Jesus. We need to come to a place where we know that if there'll ever be any victories in our life, They'll happen because of his power, not ours. Yeah. That can only happen if we're prepared to invite him into our world. That can only happen if we're prepared to give give him total authority. Yeah. Total autonomy. It's only from there where we can trust him to get the victory for us in every battle. It's if we actually let him into every battle. It's only if we let him into every area of our lives. Some of the strongholds in our lives, some of the walls that we have in our lives are walls that we've actually built (laughs) around some of the areas that we don't want him to come into. But that's sometimes where the battle needs to be won, doesn't it? You know, Are we people like Joshua that are going to trust him? Or are there areas of our life that are off limits to God? Real sanctification, being truly set apart for him, knows that he is the Lord of all, not the Lord of some. He's not the Lord of some. He's the Lord of all. And to be the Lord of all means that we actually have to give him the master key to our hearts. In the church here, we've got a couple of different keys. And the key that gets you in the front door doesn't get you into my office because my office is keyed with a master key. Basically because I don't want you in there. Now, there are one or two people that have that key so they can get into my office. Yeah, It was the same with the youth office when I moved in there. That was master keyed too. No one could get in there except for like two of us. Sometimes we've actually got a master key lock on our hearts and we've given the, Jesus the key to the front door. And he can't get to where he needs to go. And we say that we're sanctified and set apart for him. But we've not given him the key that he needs, yet. Here's the secret to becoming a worshipper. When Joshua meets this man, there are a couple of things that are strange about their meeting. We've already talked about one of them to a degree. But first, there's the Lord's answer to Joshua's challenge. He says, are you for us or for them? And he says, neither. It's, It's really strange. He says, neither. I'm not for you and I'm not for them. <laughs> it's not totally, it's not a really a clear answer. Because I actually think when he says neither, he's actually giving Joshua an opportunity to make a decision. So this is, a, this is an answer to a question that brings him to a place of surrender. You know? Joshua five thirteen 13 and 14 says, Now when Joshua was near Jericho, looked up, saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied. When he says neither, but I'm the commander of the armies of the Lord, what the Lord's saying is, he's saying, Joshua, I didn't come to take sides. I, I didn't come to take sides. I, I've actually come to take over. Now, you just choose what side you're going to be on. Yeah? I've come to take over. I've come to fight your battle. Now, will you choose me? Will you surrender to me and let me do what only I can do? See, remember, he's the one that never loses a fight. So Joshua has to surrender all authority to this, you know, Christophany, to this man who really is Jesus. Joshua is made to realize that. That it's God, not Him, that's the power behind the victory that's going to come if they're going to reach their promise for the new year, if they're going to reach their promise, the promised land. Our success and victory is not a matter of our own power or ability, but His. You know, the battles that you and I have to face in 2020 is all about Him, it's not about us. So, God's saying to us as a people, but also as a family, as a community, He's saying, Hey, Mount Clear, I haven't come to take sides i've come to take over yeah i don't like that i haven't come to take sides i've come to take over because i'm going to have my way because the battle will only be won my way It won't be won this way or that way or your way or my way only his way i'm the one who always wins if you trust me if you worship me if you surrender to me if you bow to me I love the prophetic words spoken by um, Jehaziel. If I'm pronouncing it correctly, I'll be corrected later, thanks. Second Chronicles 20, 15. And it says, he said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, yeah, but God's. The battle is not yours. We sometimes forget that, don't we? The battle's not ours, but God's. Like, I think of the fires, and I know there are things that we can do, but it's so out of control. The battle's no longer ours, but his. And the best thing that we can do to support them, yeah? particularly for those of us that aren't there, is to pray. Because God can supernaturally bring rain. God can supernaturally turn the wind. Yeah? He can do a supernatural work that's why we worship worship leads us into a place of surrender you know it's not the other way around you don't surrender first i surrender to you god and then you worship it's not like that you actually worship first because you realize who he is yeah you just realize who he is and so you worship you realize what he's done for you and so you worship In that moment of encounter with him, you get to decide if you will be the king of your life or whether you will allow yourself to be transformed into a worshiper. You still get to decide who's going to be lord and king at your place of encounter, in, your, in, in the place of your wall. Maybe some of us are still at that stronghold that's preventing us reaching our promise because we've had an encounter but we chose to, to go our own way, to be the lords of our life. To try to fight it through the way that we've always done. I love the fact that Joshua bowed. He fell face down to the ground in reverence. You know, as we look to the new year, will we be Joshua? Will we be people that will bow down to the authority of God when we need to? You know, because the game plan for you and I, no matter what we face, if this year or the years ahead, is really simply no matter how big the walls of our Jericho might be, bow down to him. Bow down to him. You've got to capture this. Bow down to him. Bow down to him. Finances aren't there. Bow down to him. My relationship's falling. Bow down to him. I'm stricken with cancer. Bow down to him. Things are falling. Bow down to him. Bow down to him. Bow down to him. You never experience a peace that goes beyond our understanding until we bow down to Him. Yeah? You know, we all have to lean on the truth that we can't, but He can. I love that. It means I don't have to strive, I don't have to try. My trying comes by just trying to sit with Him and stopping my mind going everywhere when He's just trying to speak and give peace. It's hard to come to a place where we have to admit our own weaknesses or even our own inability to win a battle alone because we all like to be the champions of our own destiny. But Joshua met this man and it was an automatic worship. And from that place of worship, he he was led instantaneously to a place of surrender a place of a word, that some people don't like this word in church, submission you learn to submit to God wow heaven forbid that we should talk about submitting to God now, at the beginning of another year what will we do will we do what we've always done or will we bow, will we surrender will we trust, will we submit to him Will we allow him to be the Commander-in-Chief of our lives? I love that title. That's so cool. Jesus is my Commander-in-Chief. Man, that is better than the Russell Crowe movie. Yeah? You know, I've shared this in, in this church many times, and I believe this for many. There are some who have been trying to fight their battles, your battles, in, in your own strength, in your own power for years and you know for some of us we keep getting beaten and now you're tired you're tired in your faith you know if you're tired in your faith we need to come to a place of total surrender we need to be able to hand it to him and say i can't fight these battles anymore joshua knew he just knew he saw the wall and he meets this man he goes who are you are you for us or against us neither i'm the commander of the armies of the lord and he's like what do you want me to do? He just knew straight away and he just fell to the ground in reverence. The only way I'm going to get to the promises of God is to, to listen to this guy. You know, I, I call Joshua a mighty warrior and when he began to worship, he bowed down, he became a worshipper. But what I love, because there's something so really special about this, is when he got down before the Lord, you can understand he's a man, he, he's a fighter and he's, he's decked out for battle. He's ready for battle. Whether he was carrying a sword like a Roman, you know, even then, who knows? Probably you're outside this impenetrable wall. He's probably ready for an attack. Yeah. And here's this man and he bows before the Lord. And he places himself in the most vulnerable position because when he bows, yeah, you've got to get this. He bows, yeah. That means his sword's not in his hand. Like, even if it was, it's now on the floor, and the most exposed part of him is the back of his head. Yeah? Like, he's totally vulnerable. It's like, okay, I've got this wall, man, I don't know what to do. Who are you? For us or against us? Neither. I'm the commander. Okay, what do you want me to do? Yeah, this man that a whole nation were following, this man that a whole nation trusted, but in a moment and in an encounter, he goes, man, I can't do it. What do you want me to do? Will we be a people that will bow down vulnerably and allow ourselves to be exposed? So many of us are missing out on the richness that God has for us because we've never spoken a word of weakness. We've never shared with anyone that I struggle to pray. We've never shared with anyone that I struggle to sit in. I, I, I want to worship, but I can't. We've never shared with anyone the struggles that we have, and so we're never overcoming Because we're always trying to fight the battles ourselves. Yet God has so much for us. In Canaan, the promised land, the new year, the 2020. All Joshua and the Israelites had to do was listen to God, to trust him and to obey him. All they had to do was walk around the city. It's a pretty simple task. They just had to have confidence in God's plan. If they had confidence, they would enjoy victory. He just wanted him to do nothing but by, to walk by faith. I, I don't know how much study some of you have done. They say to walk around Jericho once would have taken thirty-five to forty minutes. Thirty-five to forty minutes to walk around Jericho once—that's a lot of downtime. Walk around Jericho once for the next six days. My question would have been, okay, what do I do for the next 23 hours and 20 minutes? Like, what do we do? Do we go fishing? someone going to make me coffee? Are we going to play cricket in the backyard? What are we doing? God, what are we doing? Just walk around. Just walk around. Here's a thought. Maybe in our life, for the strongholds, the walls in our life, maybe, 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 All we need to do is spend the first 35, 40 minutes of our life to walk around our stronghold with him and then live the rest of our life for that day. Maybe for the walls of our Jericho to come down, our stronghold, so we could reach the promises for our 2020. All we have to do is spend the first 35, 40 minutes. I think he'd be happy with 15 or 20. Maybe some of our walls are smaller than Jericho. All Joshua had to do is do what God asked him to do. All we have to do is find out what God's asking us to do, yeah? Because he's the one in control. The the secret to living a Christian life, the secret to enjoying victory over our struggles and seeing strongholds brought down is simply this. You can't do it, and I can't do it, and we can't do it, but he can. Yeah? Yeah? You're facing something that's tearing you apart. You can't do it. We can't do it. But he can. Galatians 2.20, the beginning, just the first part says, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. All God wants you to do is stop trying and just rest in him. Didn't we talk about that at Christmas? Joseph, from finding out that Mary was pregnant, the next thing the angel's talking to him in his dream. Because he did what every other man does when he's stressed. He went and slept. Maybe we just need to rest in God. Yeah. To get an answer. You know, Papa's already won the victory. We win by doing nothing other than worshipping him. Surrendering to him. Resting in him. And when we do it God's way, there will always be victory. Victory. That's why you know, it's written in Proverbs 16.9, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. All we need to do is patiently wait on God. When it doesn't make sense, just walk. I don't want to walk around the Jericho anymore. It takes 40 minutes. 40 minutes, you know, at this pace, that means it's four and a half to five Ks. You want me to walk four and a half to five Ks for the next six days every day? You are tripping. That's the way I'd answer my life. Do you want to walk up to Damascus? Why? It'd be nice. That's ridiculous. Is there a coffee shop there? No. Why are we doing it? Just for the walk. Oh, I don't want to do it. Just walk. Just walk. Sometimes we just have to walk. God just wanted them to walk. For the stuff in our life that's preventing us reaching the promises of God that He's spoken into our lives, sometimes we just have to walk. Why don't we stand? See, when we're able to walk and not fight, the walls will come down. (laughs) Getting the victory is his concern. Obedience to him is ours. Victory over our strongholds, over our Jerichos will come when we get to a place where it's totally out of our hands and totally in his. It's actually the place that you and I become worshippers. I was going to have an altar call, but I don't think I will, him, I reckon. Who would like to see breakthrough in their life legitimately? Who, who needs a breakthrough in their life? If you don't, that's okay. If you know there are areas where God needs to fight your battle, yeah, who would like him to, to jump in? Okay. So why don't we make a declaration amongst us all? That as we step into our new year, as we're heading towards our Canaan, as we head towards our promised land, that we're going to make him first. That we're going to bow before him. You've got to hear me. Bow before him. It's a place of vulnerability. If you've not been vulnerable with anyone but yourself and him in private, it's still a secret. That's not vulnerable. Hear me, yeah? To bow down before him is a complete submission to him. Yeah, it's putting down the old ways because they're not working that's why you've not fulfilled or reached the purpose and the promises that you know God's spoken over your life it's time for us to be a people that will bow before him and will just focus on him and allow that encounter with him to be fresh every day and go from being a people that battle and fight for everything just to being people that worship because the battle is won when we lift Jesus higher in the midst of us. Amen. So if that's you today, I just want you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hands towards heaven. However high you're comfortable, you can hide it behind the person in front of you if you like, in case you're embarrassed. And just repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, change us. Make us worshippers. Allow us to bow down before you. That we might see the walls of our Jericho come tumbling down. That we would totally trust you, totally rely on you, and walk by faith. May this year, 2020, be a year that we see our promises come to pass. We believe in you, we love you, and we lay it at your feet... In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Let's be a people that worship him, yeah? Let's make 2020 different to last year. Let's make it different for those that are around us because God will speak to you and through you for those that are near you. Amen? Let's have a wonderful Sunday in Jesus' name.